Hosted at Building Abundance Success Series, we dedicate this episode to you, your voice, your choice, the vote 2020. My guest is Paige Horace. She's a Biden delegate, but we talk about the vote in general, local through national, and how it affects our community and our country. This awesome interview starts right now. I my my concern right now is voting, voting, voting. People have so many different um, opinions on why they shouldn't vote. And so I thought, well, Gen Z, millennial, I mean, the biggest block of voters now. What do you say about voting? Why why is this vote so important for us? This vote is so important for us right now, I believe, currently, that Gen Z and millennials make up 37% of the vote. And this is a critical time for us because we have seen in past elections when people didn't get out to vote how much that actually affected the outcome, whether it was local or either presidential elections. And this time we have actually seen how many people that refused to vote or chose to stay home and how that impacted the turnout and how we ended up in the predicament that we're in and with the president that we're in. And I believe now more so than anything, this is a pivotal point in our country where it proves that your vote actually counts. It's not necessarily vote or die because I do believe that we will continue on, but it is that it's pointing out how important your role in voting is. It's interesting. The last four years, we've had more Gen Z, millennial, and Xers, and then, of course, a little bit of everybody else. But the majority in that core that you mentioned, the Gen Z, millennial, have been in the street protesting and marching and being extremely effective. And one of the things that stands out the the, the most um, is when the uh, school incident happened there in Florida, and those kids stood up and made a movement out of it. And then from there, it sort of continued into what we're seeing in the streets with, um, you know, some um, injustice issues. We, we see people in the street. And they're relentless. I know this vote matters. I know that vote matters, and they look at it as a local thing. Talk about the local. Not many people skip the local. They'll just do the every four years. Why is it important locally? It's important locally because uh, you do have where it comes time for justice, such as, uh, you know, the death of Breonna Taylor or either, you know, things that have happened in just each city alone where your vote matters. It matters who the DA is. It matters who these judges are. This impacts how the turnout is going to be and the outcome of who goes to jail and actually who doesn't. And, you know, justice for everyone that lives in that community. And then also if it does become a national matter, it does go back to who you voted for. And so that's why local elections are very important. It does dictate 
situations such as these. It also dictates, too, um, in reference to sheriffs, how your police department is going to operate. So I do think that, you know, local elections are actually the foundation of the matter as to why you should vote and you should be active in your communities. It's interesting that you are talking about the local and, and you know, police brutality and, and, and other things that make a difference. We are seeing now we're in, in a part of the country, and I won't <laughs> mention that a, um, a military base may be leaving because the school systems are so bad. And, you know, when you talk about local elections, you're talking about school board, you're talking about city council, you're talking about a lot of different things that are going to affect uh, Gen Z, millennial, and, and people going forward. Why don't you talk to that? Because when a military base threatens to up and leave, you're talking about millions of, of, of dollars in revenue and millions of jobs. Right. Right. When the military is affiliated with any community or any nearby city, I at least like to say within 50 miles of that military base, you have people that commute in and out of areas just to go and work at these places. And just because um, a selling school system, uh, because military people do send their kids off base to go to local schools, so just because a school system is failing and it's failing so badly to the point that you have people that are just like, I don't want to be stationed here. And then when you turn around and you see numbers dwindle on a military base, um, you know, it's just pointing out the fact that you really have to look at the surrounding communities. You have to look at their education. You have to look at the cost of living. You have to look at all of these factors. But education is definitely a priority in reference to the military and the families that they do have. So, you know, you have to consider when you do vote, you have to look at school boards, you have to look at teachers that you hire within these communities, and because they are going to be dealing with people of different socioeconomic backgrounds, different religions, and different races. And so you just have to really look at that and look and make sure that the community that you live in does value that because all these biases impact that, but then if you don't vote, those biases can continue to carry on because you're just not doing your part. Civics used to be taught in the school system. I talked to my grandma, and um, they were talking about how civics is missing today. What do you say to that and people being taught about government maybe at this, this sixth, seventh grade level so they get a good foundation of what they need to be doing as citizens and why they are important to society. Civics is very important. I had the course when I was in seventh grade, um, and it wasn't like it was something that was repeated or reinforced when I got to high school, which I still do think it is more important because as you're coming of age, you know, you do turn 18 in high school, most uh, kids do, and they need to know how important their role is. Uh, civics plays a heavy role in you understanding how the government operates, um, local, statewide, or national, and how these laws are being carried out, how they will affect you at whatever status or location that they do come out, I would say. And, um, you know, you just have to I think civics is just important. I don't see why civics is being taken out of the curriculum. I do believe it's doing students an injustice in develop, 
developing into the citizens that they should be for these areas and also the people that they should be uh, in future reference because they don't know the logistics. They don't know how things operate. They don't know what changes or what. They, you know, they're not even learning about amendments or, you know, ratifications and all of this stuff like that. So it's impacting them heavily and doing them an injustice in the long run. Coming from a southern state, and it's interesting you're mentioning about um, um, the amendments and different things. A lot of those amendments were written because of responses between North and South. And then when you talk about it, they're also being the cradle of the civil rights movement. Many right. laws, because of what happened in the South, uh, it, you would think that uh, the state would take advantage of being able to be number one in teaching that type of uh, of thing. And, you know, I look at it happening a little bit earlier as well as what you said, high school, because we have to be citizens that, you know, give back to society um, in some way. Um, You know, not everybody's going to go to college, not everybody's going to go to vocational school, but everybody's a citizen at the end of the day. Um, What do you say to um, being from the South and these issues really not brought to the fore. And, and don't you think that that could be part of the curriculum? Uh, you know, you have a wealth of, of, of bills and amendments and, and, and laws on the books based on issues that happen right there that could bring that story to life for future voters. Yes. Um, as you said, I'm from the South, and, um, I'm, you know, here – we do have, you know, the history of the Civil War, the Confederacy. We do have um, Alabama and Georgia being heavy uh, spots and uh, cradles of the Civil Rights Movement, but yet and still this history tends to be neglected amongst our own in the South. Um, I think curriculum should actually just, you know, not necessarily embody that, but actually really teach it in more depth because there is no way that – Someone in California should know more about Selma and what happened there than someone that lives in Selma. Not not understand the importance of the outcome and how these things came about, what came from it, what changed, and how it continues on. Um, And a lot of people don't understand, even in reference to civil rights, you know, that the Voting Rights Act has to be renewed after so many years. Everybody is born now within my generation and future generations thinking that they're guaranteed the right to vote when that still has to be voted upon every couple of years, you know. They don't understand that. And going back to embodying history, these are important times. Are they the proudest times? Not necessarily, but you do have to understand what what happened with those things, what came about from those things, and what happens in the future in reference to the past. It's very important. I knew um, the representative John Lewis. I was an intern on the Hill, and I got to work with he and the crafter of the voters' rights bill, the Honorable John Conyers. I got to intern and and learn a lot um, from them. John Conyers and John Lewis, we, we lost within the la- within actually eight months of one another. We took yeah. John Lewis, who is very synonymous with the Edmund Pettus Bridge incident and other great things uh, considering our civil rights. 
My question is, now that we're in this great vote, you mentioned voters' rights. Two things that will come up with the new Supreme Court, um, supposedly nominee and maybe justice, will be uh, the Affordable Care Act and voting rights. And people are, are definitely afraid of these two being rolled back. In terms of the um, Gen Z millennial who were born into just thinking these things are, are just guaranteed us, what would you say going forward? Yes, we're going to be voting on the third, but we need to be mobilizing from now going forward after this historic vote on November 3rd. What do you say uh, we mobilize now, continue registering to people to vote, continuing education, continuing what we need to because, uh, as you mentioned, every couple years we have a new election, every year we have a new election. This is ongoing. It's not just voting on November 3rd. Right. Um, The one thing I would tell Gen Z is, yes, it is important to vote, but it just doesn't stop at voting. I believe that every generation should be willing to work with each administration, Democratic or Republican, because you are still going to be in this country. You're still going to be working every day. You're still going to be living here every day, and that affects your life. So don't stop. Uh, voter registrations, but don't stop also focusing on education because it, it, stuff is going to eventually affect how schools operate regardless of the administration. Your health care is important regardless of the administration. You need to know what's at stake and you need to know what you need to work on in order to get certain things achieved in order for the betterment of not only just yourself but others in this country in the long run. There's always something at stake with every election, but there's always something at stake, too, when you vote for a member of Congress as time comes around because their vote and their morals or either their their values um, at hand also affect how they will vote in reference to health care or either how they vote in reference to uh, gender equality. Uh, you know, different things. And so you have to be aware, you have to be knowledgeable of this, and you do need to speak and research these people and research the matters at hand. It just doesn't stop once you put your uh, ballot in the box. That's only the beginning. You are a delegate for Biden-Harris, and Joe Biden was there with um, uh, former President Barack Obama uh, for the um, Affordable Care Act and many other things, including pulling us out of a recession. And now we've got a depression or the pandemic. We've got um, people losing their health care. And Joe Biden has been through the waters of um, having, having to bring about change. It took eight years to do it. And now we've got the, the pandemic on top of that. So uh, there's a lot of work to do. My question now is for those people who have graduated college probably within the last four or five years, and now we're in the soup <laughs> of uh, uncertainty on a lot of different things. Um, those people who are on the fence, what would you say to them? Because, you know, who can predict the pandemic? You know, but more importantly, the um, unemployment issues, um, I know, uh, Biden has spoken to and, and, and has plans for uh, getting people back to work. But what do you say to those people on the fence right now who've pretty much lost hope? They're just sort of, oh my heavens, <laughs> I 
much. <laughs> There's always hope and to keep faith and whatever faith that you have, keep faith and faith carries you a long way. That's just because I graduated college when, you know, the recession came and it was hard for me to get a job and it's not uh anything to be proud of and it doesn't help the spirit when you graduate and you do everything your parents told you to do and your teachers told you to do and you graduate from college and you still can't get a job and McDonald's says that you're overqualified and won't hire you. Keep the faith, um, you know, and sometimes you do have to go back. I say if you're struggling, you know, do consider something else that you may enjoy doing, um, you know, in reference to a job possibly to keep you afloat, but at the same time, you know, keep hope alive. Don't give up. Um, if you are in a bad financial situation, please do seek help. There are people with the financial means that are willing to help those that are struggling. You just have to find the right people. Um, but, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help because now's the time for everyone to reach back and help someone in need because we are all struggling here. COVID hasn't been easy for everyone, and this economic situation that we're in is not easy for anyone as well. This is a question that um, was posed by my audience. I asked, you know, what would you ask, uh, you know, somebody from the Biden campaign or a delegate? And a lot of people talked about school and debt. And one person had said, well, isn't there some way I can do something for the military for a couple of years to get some debt weight? Isn't there a way I can work in a particular field where I can get some debt weight? Why can't there be uh, colleges that don't you know, cost hundreds of thousands of dollars that I probably won't be able to make back in my lifetime a year? Um, these are pretty good questions. What do you say to that person now that you've graduated? And I don't know whether you have debt, but I'm sure you can talk to that these particular questions. Well, I'm going to be open and honest to whomever asked this question. Um, when I went for my undergrad degree, my dad had retired from the military, so I had the GI Bill. However, for me to further my education financially, I was on my own, so I did accrue some debt. But I do say whatever school that you choose, um, do look at prerequisites. It is easier for you to do some prerequisites at a community college um, before even going off to a four-year university to keep your expenses down. Also, and, and keep your GPA high while you're there and then transfer to the school of your choice. It cuts down a lot on your financial situation. But, two, if you do accrue debt, all debt isn't bad debt because it does get you to where you may need to be in reference to you. You know what I mean? So I will say this, um, I'm currently working um, for a state agency, but I do work in a rural area at times, and then a lot of people don't like to work in rural areas. So prime example with educators, if a teacher does go and take a job in a rural community, they knock so much off their student loans. So you do have to look in the resources in reference to your field that they can help you in the long run and help you have a better financial situation. Awesome. I give you the floor for the last few minutes to, to talk about whatever you want. I know that um, we've got a great uh, day coming up, November 3rd, and a lot of work to do in the next couple of weeks to get out the vote. So what do, you, what do you say to the audience? I would like to say to the audience, I'm not going to – I'm a Biden delegate, and I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. I would just like for you to really reexamine your moral compass. and 
take like take a good look at yourself and if you care for your fellow man, if you want your fellow man to have the same rights as you or to be treated equally as you or a family member that may have a disability, anyone, look at your moral code and see if your moral code is actually right or wrong because we're all taught to treat others the way that we want to be treated and if you see someone being mistreated, what do you do? You know, this is a time for us to actually, we're in the middle of a, a pandemic. We're in the middle of an economic situation that we don't really like right now. We're not necessarily in the best suit. So what do you do? Now is the time to help, and now is the time for you to actually use logic and actually have a heart. So please consider taking care of your fellow man, yourself, your family, and looking in the long run as to how things that you vote for may actually impact those that are around you and the well-being of those around you, not necessarily in reference to party or your favorite or whatever the case may be, how it will affect your community in the long run. I want you to take the time to research that. Don't go based off everything you see in here because there's too much. Opinions are not always valid, but I would like for you to actually take to really look at you and look at those around you and where you would like to be and how you would like to be treated. That's all. Well, thanks so much, Paige. I really appreciate it. We've been talking with Paige Horse, who is a delegate for the Biden-Harris campaign, but she's given us food for thought. Um, and I just thank you so much for this interview and the information uh, to talk, you know, you're talking about the local all the way up to the national because if we don't check those boxes, from the bottom up, we're in trouble. Right. That is very Thanks. true. Thanks so much. Appreciate you, and you stay safe. All right, you too. Take care.